Welcome back to Cooking with Connor. I'm your host, Connor. Today I got a nice Spanish omelet recipe for you guys. Before that, I wanted to mention a couple things. First, the previous episode was actually the Hot Wings episode. And it's been a while since I recorded another one, and that's because I'm just finishing up some flight stuff right now, so I was a little bit busier, but now I'm back on track. That episode, the Hot Wings one, had a lot of lip smacking and a lot of eating noises that we removed. It was an episode where we ate a crap ton of spicy wings. So it was a little bit hard to listen to it the first time, like during editing, but we got rid of most of the, the, most of the, the grill stuff. But if you're clicking on it, uh, expecting like a normal episode like this, first of all, it's an hour long, so it's much longer. It's kind of like a special episode. It deals with eating food. So if that's not your forte, then that's completely okay. But I would recommend it to people who are okay with that sort of small thing, because it was one of my favorite episodes ever I had two of my best friends on with me and we talked about a lot of funny stuff it was a ton of fun i'm super glad i did it with them and it's been honestly my favorite episode i did record another episode a little bit a while ago before this one i'm recording right now however i didn't like it i prefer quality over quantity so i got rid of it and i'm starting completely from scratch and today i want to talk about the soul series of games the reason why is because i've been doing like a small replay of them i've played all of them except for Demon Souls, so that includes Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Elden Ring. So this podcast is going to include spoilers for all those games, with the exception of Demon Souls, because I don't have a PS5, and I didn't play the original. So let's start out with what defines a Souls-like, and I have it pulled up right here. It's a subgenre of action role-playing and action-adventure games, known for high levels of difficulty and an emphasis on environmental storytelling, typically in a dark fantasy setting. I think I want to add on to it is that it's high risk high reward because the main resource for leveling up or gaining items in that game is through defeating difficult enemies and getting a resource known as souls blood it goes it varies between games but that resource is lost upon death so managing yourself between checkpoints is extremely important and that's what makes it so risky i'm gonna go in order and give my thoughts on each one because i'm a huge fan of them so i'm going to really say only good things about them i will mention any bad qualities like outstanding qualities in these games, of course, but I'm a big fan of them. I love playing through all of them. I got recommended it a while ago by a friend who had played all of them as well, including Demon Souls, so I, I got into it through someone else, and hopefully maybe if you're interested in it, you could totally try it. The games are really accessible. You can get them on practically like any console. If you don't want to do a console, just on Steam. Not that big of games. I think like the max big game is Elden Ring, and that's like 60 gigs, maybe 90 gigs. Overall, I think it's smaller than freaking Destiny 2. And Destiny 2 has been out for years now, so I don't, I don't know. Starting out with Dark Souls 1, I've only played the remastered, I did not play the original. And I don't think that's that big of a deal, I feel like they remained super super faithful to it. Ended up being really fun. I will say, it is probably the slowest in terms of combat for all the games. A lot of the swings, a lot of the movement just feels a lot more focused on getting in like small openings and trying to work your way through like a boss or a difficult enemy through that. And your swings, even if you have like fast weapons, they feel slow. Like if you have like a like a short sword, it still feels kind of like you're in slow motion. It's weird. It's it's a feeling I felt with the remaster that I didn't feel in any other game, not even Dark Souls 2. But even still, I think what it made up for me on that is how accessible and wide the map was, because you can access almost every part of the map just by walking. You don't need like a teleporter elevator or anything. You can actually just go up like stairs, ladders, uh, to the higher elevations part of the map, but even still, the parts where you have to go through like a cutscene or somewhere to get to another location or so far and few between, it really feels like the entire map is connected and therefore, even though it's a dark fantasy setting, feels more alive. And I loved that. I loved that about the about the game. 
the bosses in the game too. If you also, one thing I forgot to mention about the Dark Souls series is that the bosses really make the game. Honestly, they're such a huge portion of the game, it's hard to not talk about them. They're kind of like checkpoints in the combat to see how much you've adapted because a whole big point in the combat is rolling and rolling gives you an invisibility frame. So you have to time your rolls to perfectly counter their attacks. There's also parrying. There's also, you can't block, but you know, that's kind of a weird, a weird build to go through. In Dark Souls 1, it works. I used a tower shield build in my first one because I didn't really understand how the Soul Series works. And even with that playstyle of constantly blocking, I had a ton of fun. So when I went on and did a second playthrough, which is rolling, it was a lot more fun. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is what the Soul Series is about. There's a bunch of notable bosses in that game. And there's a lot of hallmarks that kind of mark what a boss in Dark Souls should be. I'm really thinking about Ornstein and Smo. Ornstein and Smo is a dual boss that transitions you from mid game to late game. And that is probably the best duo boss fight FromSoft has ever done. FromSoft, from Software is the developer of all the Souls games, all the main Souls games. There's a bunch of, you know, many developers making their own kind of Souls likes, but in terms of the Souls series, FromSoft mainly has made everything, except for the remaster of Demon Souls on PS5. I think it was made by Blue Point. Back on track with Ornstein and Smell. The reason why I praise them on being like the best duo fight in the game is because they have a mechanic where it's very hard for both of them to attack you at the same time, but that doesn't mean the other person isn't a threat because you'll have a small guy, which is Ornstein. He's like a uh, guy in knight armor, looks kind of like a lion with a spear. He's constantly rushing you down. And you have Smell, which is a ginormous dude with a big hammer who's running at you is slower. So if you're fighting off Ornstein, you kind of have to worry about Smo coming in and he has a big hammer, he's hard to dodge. So when you're fighting one, you have to constantly worry about the other because they're always coming towards you even if they aren't attacking. And then when one of them dies, the other one gets a power up so they're not left completely alone. It's an incredibly hard fight and it's definitely what's called a skill check, which means that, okay, are you good? This will prove it. If you beat these guys, you're good. And when it did, it felt like that. It felt like I reached a new point in it. I'm like, oh crap, I feel like I can kind of take on any boss now because I just defeated two of them at the same time. That was never like replicated in the Soul Series again. That like good duo boss fight was never replicated. There's only one instance where it was really close and maybe on the same level, but I'm gonna say a little bit lower in Dark Souls 3, but I'll get to that later. Final boss of the game. I want to mention this about the final bosses of all the Soul Series. The final boss is almost always an old sickly man who didn't really do anything wrong but it's still powerful, powerful enough to kick your butt. I don't know why. I, I Gwyn Lord, Lord Ascender, he's a final boss for uh, the Dark Souls Remaster. He's not particularly hard. No, I'm gonna take that back. No, I had difficulty fighting him. I had a complete difficulty fighting him. He kind of, he kind of gave me the works, bro. It was rough. It took me like two hours to beat him. I don't know why. There's like certain bosses in the Soul series that you get to, and you just can't beat when everyone else can. Everyone has their own hardest boss. It's usually around the same people but it's a lot of the time varying between it and for that game it was it was manis from the dlc and gwen lord ascender manis was the final boss of the dlc uh, the abyssal dlc or something like that um and speaking of the dlc a lot of the soul series do have dlc and the one that remastered was also very good that one had more of a case because it kind of took you into the past uh, of a certain area of the game and it showed you like what life looked like back then and it was beautiful but it still came with like a lot of cool bosses because at the time something called the abyss was coming up and it was like a bunch of scary stuff and you saw like a character that was talked about a lot in the main game artorius you fought him and it was a really cool boss it was just overall really creative that's where i want to put kind of 
Dark Souls 1 is that it was super creative and laid out such a good foundation for all games to come. And then Dark Souls 2 kind of sucked, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was it was okay. I mean, it was the worst it was the worst of the best. It's like all the Soul series, I would say are good. There's not one that's inherently like really bad. Dark Souls 2 is the worst of the good, if that makes sense. It feels like, and I'm going to quote my friend, he said, Dark Souls 2, in comparison to Dark Souls 1, feels like a Gary's Mod custom map of Dark Souls 1, and I couldn't say that better myself. Everything down from the combat to how it's laid out to how the game looks just feels fake. It feels like another developer made the game, but FromSoft did make Dark Souls 2. The story is okay. It's hard to, of course, with all the, the Souls games, it's hard to piece together the story because they don't like to give it to you straightforward. They like to kind of put clues in environments and such. It's okay. I like it. A lot of people don't, and specifically with Elden Ring, I'll get to that later. But the story was okay, not as, bad, not as good as Dark Souls 1 because it didn't really follow a lot of the Dark Souls 1 stuff. It kind of felt like an entirely different world. Apparently there was a lighting problem with development, so that explains why the game kind of looks like doo-doo in a lot of cases. The combat is what I want to mention the most because it doesn't feel impactful. A lot of the weapons don't feel like they're really hitting the enemy, you know? Like, like a big, your big hammer might do like a, a squash, but it just feels fake. It's such a hard thing to explain. But overall, the levels themselves are okay. It was it just everything is okay. Everything's kind of mediocre in that game. Uh, the fashion was pretty cool, though. I love I love the Dark Souls fashion and customizing your character. And Dark Souls 2 actually had a lot of opportunities and a lot of uh, customization. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that portion of the game a lot. The final boss this time actually was kind. Of, if you bought like a Skull of the First Sin, which is like kind of like an upgraded version of the game with all the DLC, the final boss of the game was another kind of sickly old man. It was like a sickly old man made out of tree branches. He did do a lot of stuff wrong though, so he's not completely innocent, kinda like Lord Gwyn. I'm trying to think of anything else to say about like the mid-game, late game. Late game was honestly kinda better than mid-game, honestly. I, I got more excited during late game because a lot of the cooler levels, there was one that was just like in a giant forge of lava. That was really cool. The DLC was late game, and the DLC was actually fantastic. I, I, I think it has one of the best DLCs in all the Soul series because it gave you three levels, or three kinda, feel like completely different campaigns. Um, that kind of ranged from okay to really good. The ice one was really good, except for one level, or one part of it. It was like the icy tundra, or like the icy outskirts. That was awful. It was such an awful boss run. And a boss run means like you spawn at a checkpoint, you have to go through a, like a level to get to the boss. And that level was terrible. There was nothing good about that level. I, I looked up, I looked up, I remember that night. I was listening to Tao the Creator. It was my first time listening to his new album, Call Me If You Lost. I looked up, why is this place so bad in Google? Thinking like it's gonna be, like it's gonna give me an answer and it's just gonna go away. Like the, how bad the level was. No, it did not. It just overall sucked. The Frigid Outskirts. The Frigid Outskirts was the worst level I played in Souls history. And uh, it's because of the ice stylings, it's because of how wide open it was, it was, it was bad. That was the Ivory King. The it was like the Burnt King, and then like, um, it was kind of like the Sleeping King. Uh, those two DLCs were good, all except for Frigid Outskirts. I hated that. And then the Burnt, the Burnt Ivory King, no, the Burnt Ivory King was in the ice one. He was actually a really cool boss. I liked how you kind of fell in somewhere, and then when you landed, you had to fight a bunch of, like, uh, like, corrupted knights with your own knights. It was really cool. And then the, um, the Forge Ivory King, the one that's, like, with fire and ash. That was actually, like, a really cool puzzle segment, and that's really weird to say. That was a cool puzzle segment, because a lot of puzzles in Dark Souls are okay. Overall, Dark Souls 2 was just okay and mediocre. I, I, I've played it a couple times. I've done, like, two or three runs, but I don't think I'm going to go back to that, honestly. And then it comes Dark Souls 3, and this is one of my favorite games of all time. 
I loved Dark Souls 3 because they took it straight back to Dark Souls 1. The comic felt a lot faster and a lot more fluid than Dark Souls 1, impactful as well. It was overall just really, really good. One thing I'll say is about some of like the lighting is this feels like a lot of like grayscale. There was a lot of gray colors in Dark Souls 3. I like I, I I thought it to be okay honestly because a lot of the bosses made up for that color like Dance of the Boreal Valley or um, kind of Abyss Watchers. Abyss Watchers was not really that fig he like there was there was such a unique boss that I, I forgave him for it. It was so cool. He also have one of the hardest fits known to man in the entire Soul series. Combat's really good. Story was little bit easier to piece together honestly because it was a lot of the stuff after Dark Souls 1 and 2 it was like a hundred million years after it got complicated with the DLC the story did so that's where it kind of fell off but that's not to say the story in the DLC is bad the story in the DLC is freaking amazing bosses are my favorite in the series I remember uh, with with Dancer of the Boreal Valley I remember when I first fought the boss I realized that you could go in early it was like in one of the first levels and it was like a late game boss I remember realizing you could do this and I was completely on under level. I think it was like level soul level like 13. And I went in there with it with like a design like a design to be like a soul level 100 boss. I went in there, got the works, and I decided I was not going to go to sleep that night until I beat that boss at my level. It took six hours straight of me just dying, going back to the boss arena, dying, going back to the boss arena, just to do it. I have friends in the European Union who went to bed at like 8 p.m. my time, so it was 2 a.m. their time. And I was up when it was noon at, at their time. Because I was at, I was up until I think, I think I remember 6.36 a.m. And I was in voice call with them when I did it. Some was up, obviously. It was it was ridiculous. I shouldn't have stayed that long doing it. But it was one of the most satisfying things I did. And I did it again, the next one. And it took me like three hours. and Because I was at a lower level, so level one. And the final boss for that game, too. Kind of an old man. Not really, actually. It's more like a combination of old men. If you didn't have the DLC. Uh, Soul Ascender was such a cool boss because it paid homage to the uh, first game. With the DLC though, it was an old man who was not fragile. He kicked your butt. Slave Night Gale was one of the bosses, well, like one of my favorite bosses of all time. It was one of the coolest freaking fights ever because once you, you, you go up to him and he's like this like a feral old man at the end of time where it's just you and him at the end of the world. It was really dramatic. And you go up to him and he's on all fours. He's chasing you with a sword. He's swinging all rapidly. Then when you get him down to half health, he regains his humanity. And now he's like the next phase, he's like standing up high looking at you with honor this time and now you, you fight like an honorable battle instead of like a feral old man as a cool parallel i remember you can search a like lore on this but slave night gale and the person you play as a champion of ash there's like a parallel because you guys are kind of the same you're looking for the same thing the blood of the dark soul and you find it you find literally the dark soul in gale and you did it it's kind of like dark souls you know you found the dark soul there boom that's dark souls 3 i'm gonna go on to bloodborne this time even though bloodborne was released to uh before dark souls 3 i, I kind of say it did for later uh bloodborne has the best combat in all the souls games honestly it's faster it rewards more risky play styles and more fun play styles there's no shields no blocking there's only specifically there are shields online but they're not used ever there's two shields overall in the game everything else is relying on you parrying like a flintlock pistol or dodging and the dodging is super fluent but not a lot of people played bloodborne because it's on ps4 that's the sad reality of it. I honestly got a PS4 specifically for Bloodborne because I really wanted to play it. And oh my gosh, it's so fun to replay. There's, 
Ironically, there's like less weapons than a normal Dark Souls game would have. But each weapon is so much more unique and has so much more like character to it. It's so weird. You spend so much time mastering one weapon and there's 26 weapons in the game. You can spend like two whole runs mastering an entire weapon and then you're like, okay, I want to try something else. And you can do another two runs. Your replayability is insane. The bosses, one of the best in the series, debatably the best in the series. I heard a complaint saying that the late game was worse than most games. I disagree completely. I feel like late game is a complete different trajectory from what you started with. When you start the game, you start fighting werewolves and all these sickly beasts and people from the church. Second half of the game, you're fighting freaking disgusting aliens and dead creatures reanimated by a ritual, and then you get like more lore on it. It's crazy. It's insane. I eat that stuff up. It's it's really gothic. It's really uh, like HP Lovecraft type monsters. I remember I mentioned it once in this podcast before about HP Lovecraft. It's a weird reoccurring thing, but I adored it. I loved it so much. I'm still I'm doing a playthrough right now. And the final boss of that game, guess what? It's a sickly old man who could annihilate you. It's 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 so simple. But it's really cool this time. It's really really cool because he could really really give you the work. And then there's a secret final boss if you get like the three umbilical cords and become a great one. You gotta kill like the moon presence and honestly that's a sick name moon presence and that game also had a dlc that game had the old hunters dlc and that had some of the coolest bosses and level design of the entire soul series i think i said that with every freaking soul series game but i really do mean it with bloodborne with the old hunters dlc ludwig the accursed becoming ludwig the holy blade was one of the coldest moments in gaming i thought it was so cool orphan cost was the hardest souls boss pre-millennia and was such a nice feeling finally defeating Orphan Akaz at the appropriate soul level, I think after two hours of fighting him. I did that a while ago when I first did my playthrough of Bloodborne. Lady Berea was pretty cool. Uh, Living Failures I really liked for some reason. I don't know why I had such a fun time fighting Living Failures. Um, some other bosses in the main game I liked a lot. Um, also, first off, uh, before I leave Old Hunters, Lawrence the Vicar. Lawrence the First Vicar. That was also a really cool boss. Just every boss in that DLC was phenomenal. The Shadows of Yarnum was actually a triple fight so there's three shadows you on them and they go against you weirdly it kind of worked it was it wasn't the best honestly it wasn't like um the duo fight oh also the big duo fight i mentioned back in dark souls 1 that i said that kind of compares with orange smell was actually in dark souls 3 it was called uh, the demon demon from below and demon in pain because they had a mechanic where one would be passive and kind of throw poison at you that was slow moving and the other one would be aggressive. So it was kind of like um, Ornstein Smell, but when you killed one, they would combine into one. It was called the Demon Prince, and it would be freaking really cinematic. You had lasers, freaking floating, destroyed worlds. It was insane. Back on the Bloodborne, which is the Hemwork were super easy. Um, Martyr Longarius, I think his name was, was really cool. Was really cool. The bosses in the game had a, a ton of cool lore and were just super fun in general. If you have one game, you have a PS4, you have one game of the Soul Series you want to play, honestly, I would say Bloodborne. Sekiro, Sekiro was a really different game compared to everything else. It was more story-driven, um, and a lot of the combo was based on parrying, and that's okay. I love that. I played it. I, I My friend bought it for me a while ago. Thank you, Frida. I didn't play it for like a year, and then when I finally played it, it was one of the coolest freaking experiences. It makes you feel cool. It makes you feel like a badass. With the Soul Series, it makes you feel like you're going against insurmountable challenges. Sekiro is a little bit easier, but that's not to say it's easy. It's still hard. It's a, soul, it's a Souls game. Sekiro made you feel like just a badass in general. It was awesome. 
my favorite I, I, i'm running out of time here so i'm gonna have to go pretty quick on these last two my favorite boss of the the end of secular the, the secular bosses were kind of forgettable honestly there weren't, there weren't a lot that i know except for ishin ashina of the sword saints that was the coolest final boss uh in the soul series so far i, I, I would say that it with everything with just lightning he had i i guess he had a flintlock as well from bloodborne who's from yarnum he changed his weapon like three times during the fight it was super cool. It was really, really cool. And I would give it, I would give so much to have that experience of fighting Ishinishin to the Sword Saint again for the first time. This is all the time I got, so I'm actually going to save Elden Ring for the next podcast episode. I'm going to go completely on Elden Ring on the next episode because that is such a huge game with so many different moving parts that it can be a full episode. So next time, I'm going to talk about that. Thank you guys for listening to a little bit of a review of the Souls games. Make sure to keep listening to Wicked 102.5. And thank you for listening. I've been Connor. Later.